listening to Here for Good, an academic podcast from leading researchers at Avondale University College. Welcome to Avondale's Here for Good research series. Today, Dr. Anthony McPherson, a lecturer from Avondale Seminary, interviews Professor Robert McIver, Director of the Scripture, Spirituality and Society Research Centre. Enjoy today's podcast. Hello, I am talking today with my friend and colleague, Professor Rob MacGyver, about his book, Verbatim and Gist, Parallels Between the Gospels, Coded Greek Synopsis and Selected Statistics. Rob, I've seen the book. I've looked through it. It's huge. It weighs almost a kilogram. It's got like 500 pages. Describe this book for us, Rob. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, most of it is just parallel passages between the uh, Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which deal with the same incident or story from the life of Jesus or his sayings. And I've underlined the words that are in verbatim sequence. And then the rest of the book, most of it is tied up with statistics related to how long the verbatim sequence is in each one of those little segments, which we call pericopes in, in New Testament studies, and the percentage of common vocabulary in, in those two parallels. Oh, so it's a book with lots of statistics. Now, Rob, are you expecting this to be a bestseller? Well, now, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a very good question, Anthony. I mean, I, cynically, I sometimes tell people an academic book is a book maybe 200 people in the world want to read. I don't know if that's the case, but you can look at some pretty heavyweight books in our library and uh, some of the German writers uh, put the print yes. runs, publishers put the print runs in the front cover. And there's a very important book most people quote, and the print one was about 200 copies. So, oh. <laughs> yes, I'm not expecting this to be a uh, quick mover, but there are, it's useful for students. Let me get a little yes. plug in before we get to a uh, bit of the meaning. Useful for students. Yes. And a lot of New Testament scholars do use uh, what we call a synopticon, which is comparison between the gospel parallel accounts. And this one is easier than some of the others. Most of the others try and get all of the connections from all three kinds of parallels, Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Luke, all three, yep. only one, uh, all in the same text. And it's very hard to follow. In okay, this, yes. what I've done is I've separated out the Matthew, Mark parallel. Uh-huh just looked at that, then the Matthew-Luke parallel, then the Mark-Luke parallel, if they exist. And yeah. they are much easier to see the connections than in some of the other published synoptica. Oh, excellent. So, Rob, why did you spend so much time underlining common Greek words and then counting them all out? This is highly detailed work. Why would you spend all this time doing this? It was nice of you to describe it. I was wanting to find out how you describe the activity. Look, Anthony, uh, when I was a PhD student, I was uh, base, I was working on a topic in the Gospel of Matthew. And one of the things I wanted to do was to see how closely Matthew was related to the other two Gospels, that the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are related closely together, mm -hmm. and they're called the Synoptic Gospels. And I wanted to see how closely they were related. And uh, there was a book in the uh, Andrews University uh, Library, which was written by a guy called Robert Morgenthaler. 
and gave all of these statistics. I mean, he had Another counted Robert, just, eh? yes, yes. He had counted just everything that you think could be counted. And I remember joking around asking people, does he not have a life? I mean, why would you? <laughs> why, why would you spend so much of your life doing that? I mean, this takes years. I mean, it's taken me years. Yeah. Um, all right, so why did I do it? Well, I had these underlying texts, and I was just classifying them, right? I was putting them in piles. Uh, on one pile, there was lots of black, so there's a lot of parallel content. The words were exactly the same. And on the other pile, there was hardly any, any overlap. And there were two piles in the middle. And I thought, well, let's, let's just do that. And then I discovered something really strange. In the uh, stories about Jesus and John the Baptist in Matthew and Luke, there was something that was really different. I mean, there was a big segment where there was nothing in common. Then there was a big segment where every word was exactly the same. Then there was another segment where nothing was in common and another segment where everything was exactly the same. Now, in an academic's career, they don't often find something that no one else has seen. And you would think, I mean, this guy that counted all the numbers and these... The other Robert. Robert Mulder. Should have picked this up, right? He should have known that. Um, I I could give you the names of 50 people who've spent their life... (laughs) Working out the connections between these three Gospels. Now, somewhere in all of my underlining, I had changed my view on how the uh, relationships between the Gospel of Matthew and Mark and Luke are. Most New Testament, most Gospel academics think that one copied from another. Mm-hmm. Usually, I think Mark was there first and then Matthew copied from and then Luke copied from. Yep. I had changed my mind. I knew what I was looking at between, you know, these large blocks of verbatim material and interspersed with material that was completely different. That looked to me what copying was like. What I saw for most of the parallels between the Gospels is what you get if you're relying on memory processes. You don't have long verbatim sequences of words, but you might have certain numbers of words that are in common. Okay. And I was saying, as I, as I was telling you, an academic doesn't get many of these new insights. Mm. And the fact that people have been studying this for so long, I thought, wow, I found something new. But will people believe me if I just say, well, I looked at it and that was different? Yes. So I started counting at that moment. You're listening to Here for Good, a podcast from leading researchers at Avondale University College. Sorry to get personal, but this was a big time in my life (laughs) because I I had been working on my doctorate for three years and Avondale College at that time, we're now at Avondale University College and aspiring to become Avondale University. They were pressing me saying, Rob, it's time you were back, my friend. Uh, You know, we need you. And so here was I writing up my dissertation deciding I need to spend three months, that it, it almost took me three months just counting things wow. uh, to get it. Yes. And what I've got in this book is a much more mature uh, version of that. So that, that's why I started counting. 
then I'd try and convince other people, right? There's nothing like going to an academic conference like the Society of Biblical Literature in the yeah. US. By the way, they are an amazing event. Uh, 6,000 of my close friends attended that conference that I'm talking about, right? Wow. So there's a lot of people, and my close friends, obviously, I'm being ironic, hardly knew anybody there. <laughs> But I wandered into some of the sessions relating to the Synoptic Gospels and got in conversation with other young academics and said, hey, I've found this new thing. And they say, hey, I found this new thing. And we would talk and it's trying to persuade people. And then you're trying to find a way to express it in written form. Yep. So um, that's what's going on here. I have a reasonably distinctive understanding in the field of New Testament studies as to how the Gospels relate. I think there's a much larger component of memory involved yeah. in the connection between Matthew and Mark and Matthew and Luke than otherwise was the case. And I base it on the numbers I collected, right? So here's the basic numbers. We have... Between these verbatim sequences are typical of parallels between Matthew and Luke. And if you look at the number of parallel passages between Matthew and Luke, where there are more than 24 words in verbatim sequence, there are eight of them. There's only three of those in Matthew-Mark parallels and only two of them in Mark-Luke parallels. When you look at the percentage of common vocabulary, though, there are many more of those that are in Matthew and Mark. For example, if we're looking for passages with over 60% of common vocabulary, uh, most of those in Matthew Mark, there's 14 of them. There's only three in Matthew Luke and three in Mark Luke parallels. I can see from your slumped shoulders that this getting numbers is... Yeah, well, that's the basic point. <laughs> Right. So, so there is a difference between the Matthew and Luke, which I think is relating to copying. Right? Okay, yes. And then Mark and Matthew, Matthew and Mark, which I believe is a, a um, close um, memory-based connection. Okay, so through Matthew and Mark... They are both remembering the same stories. Yeah. And from the memory, either their own or collective memory, they mm -hmm. are then writing it down. Yep. And that's why there's lots of common words, but not a lot of common exact sequences. You got it. But is it Matthew and Luke? Yep. All of a sudden you'll, you'll have words that are entirely the same and it looks like there's a quote, yep. a quoting from somewhere. Yep. Okay. And is that the big discovery you came out of that's in this book? That's, that's the starting point, yeah. Okay. So that, that's, that's, the book gives the data and yes. gives my right to say these things. Yes. So uh, this project is part of a wider project though, right? I think this relates to how we understand the gospel teachings and activities of Jesus were remembered in the early church. Yes. And that quite early on they formulate, you know, you mentioned collective memory. In those days, before radio and TV, people would sit around and talk. So if they had seen Jesus and remembered Jesus, they'd be swapping stories about Jesus. Yes. And also, Jesus trained his disciples as, as disciples. So what did a teacher do? Jesus was known as a teacher. He got his disciples to memorize. 
So okay. they remembered his teachings and then they passed these along to others. And so that's how I think we got the material that's in the gospel accounts. Now, people challenge uh, that process and say, can we remember things accurately for that kind of time? And I have a book out that actually looks at that, which is called Memory Jesus and the Synoptic Gospels. And I'm working on another book which takes these statistics that I've developed and develops it into a model of how the uh, three Synoptic Gospels were together. Okay, so the, you, you're working on three books. And this book we're talking about today is the raw data. It's the basis for the other ones. And in the other books, you're going to get into more of the conclusions, implications, yeah. your theory and that. It sounds exciting, Rob. I'm excited, actually. Excellent. So I'm wondering, where can people get a copy of this book? All right. That's a, that's a question. I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> you can get this on Amazon.com or Amazon.com au. Uh, for one of them, you're going to need a DP number. So you go amazon.com forward slash DP forward slash 0648470407. Um, yeah, it, it's a good book for people that are interested in the uh, serious study of the Gospels. So we've basically got to find those 200 people out there who oh, are interested. I think there's more than 200 <laughs> people out there. I think so too. Thank you so much, Rob. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for sharing this time with me. You've been listening to another Here for Good podcast brought to you by the Scripture, Spirituality and Society Research Centre at Avondale University College. Audio production by Connor Bowers and Dale Willis. For more information, you can find us online at avondale.edu.au. 